Hello, and welcome to The Sonic Shuffle, a random and holistic Sonic lore podcast. I'm Dan, the teacher. I'm Morg, one of the students. And I'm Devin, the other student. And folks, it has been 23 episodes. Uh, We finally, finally... Got the die to roll in the favor of a game. Get your game on. I'm happy to announce that we are discussing Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Genesis. Now, discussing this game is a little weird because this game doesn't have a story or plot, so to speak. In fact, most of the lore can only be inferred. So... We're going to take it that way. Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna open with some background information. Then we're gonna go zone by zone, just trying to like figure out what the hell's going on with these things. More of a roundtable discussion than uh than the sort of recap nature we're used to. So would you say this is more um like a discussion based class instead of a lecture based class, maybe? Yeah, yeah I <laughs> we all form a group circle. We take out our notes and we discuss the material. Did your teachers ever do that to you guys, where you put in a circle and they threw objects to you when they wanted you to talk? I with the cooch. I, like, <laughs> I feel like that's had to have happened at some point. Uh, love a cooch, cooch ball. Oh. Actually, yeah, I think that did happen to me, like, in middle school or something. Oh, they did it to us in high school. Oh. Mm. Uh, So, some background information. In the early 90s, Sega was doing pretty good at the arcades, but not so good at the consoles. They, They had the Sega Master System, it wasn't very popular, especially in comparison to the the uh, gold standard of the industry, the Nintendo Entertainment System. And they had a mascot. They had Alex Kidd. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, Alex Kidd. Alex Kidd is like this obscure early mascot Sega had. They're, I think he's like, an el- he's like a little elf boy or something. I might be thinking of... No. I don't know what the deal with Alex Kidd is. Just that, like... He was, like, this platformer character. Almost like Mario. The... I think the... It also... His games also had, like, this... uh, Rock, Paper, Scissors minigame. I don't know all too much about it. He had, like, elf ears. Uh... I am looking at a photo of this boy, and he looks like the most generic boy I've ever seen in my life. He looks like an Alex. Generic elf boy. Alex Kid, A bit too Mario for Sega's tastes. Or at least for... For trying to uh, be a big company. Big console market company. So, they had to create... A new mascot for their new system, the Sega Genesis, or Sega Mega Drive, depending on your region. And what they decided on 
was a unique blend of of uh, Western and Japanese aesthetics, uh, taking inspiration from Rubber Hose, give a very anti-authoritarian character, and also very and also giving him shoes inspired by Michael Jackson. I am of course talking about My- Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> do Do you mean Michael Jordan? No, Michael Jackson. The the uh, oh. pop star. Oh, interesting. I guess I was thinking of like Air Jordans and stuff. Yeah, his, my bad. Basically, like Sonic has like these buckles on his shoes that were apparently inspired by like one of Michael Jackson's outfits. Maybe maybe one he wore in Bad or something like that. Interesting. He does the yeah. moonwalk. Sonic was was not only to be competing with Mario, Sonic was to be better than Mario. Oh, shit. And, and uh, boy, did did Sega compete in the advertising industry. Uh, Nintendo. Of course, ev- of course, everyone knows the classic Genesis does what Nintendo don't. Nintendo. Uh, and Nintendo won't. But all sorts of advertisements were like, we're better than Mario. So rude. Sonic was the rude dude with Tude. And <laughs> there are some concepts. There are some ideas of what he would be like. We've gone over. He was from a town called Hardly, Nebraska. That's that's the Western story. There's also the story that Sonic was in a band with uh I think with uh oh I cannot remember the the band numbers other than the one that still shows up and stuff. Uh, but the other band members were a chicken, a monkey, and a crocodile. In fact, Vector the Crocodile. Oh, hell yeah. Oh my uh, god. I thought you were talking about Sonic Underground for a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sonic's been a band more than once, I guess. Another early concept was Sonic having a human girlfriend named Madonna. Uh, this is worth noting, for reasons we will get to one day. He's been with a human from the beginning? This has <laughs> yeah. been in the works from the beginning. Yes. <sighs> Sonic 06 was a return to form. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Also, her name's Madonna. <laughs> a thing... A thing about uh, about the game itself, though, was that they wanted a game that could emphasize what the Genesis could do, uh, as opposed to Nintendo, which, you know, it was faster. Uh, an advertising point in West in American stuff was lost processing, which isn't real, but <laughs> but it does run. You can move pretty fast in a Genesis game. And that's what they wanted to do with Sonic. Uh, Also, like, a big thing about, like, about, like, Sonic 1 gameplay is the idea that if you play it over and over again, you'll get be able to do it faster and faster. A sort of proto-speedrunning situation. In this game, which has very little plot... The evil Dr. Ivo Robotnik, loosely inspired by Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just 
He's got the big mustache. He was inspired by Teddy Roosevelt. That sort of mustache glasses look. Big man child. Uh, fucked over Japan, seriously. You know? <laughs> That's funny. Because so many Americans like him. Um, that makes him having a teddy in Sonic... The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog funnier. Since, like, Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy bears. It's funny to me. <laughs> yeah. So, the evil Dr. Doctor Ivo Robotnik, or Dr. Eggman in Japan, had captured... was capturing animals and putting them into robots and just generally wreaking havoc. So it was up to Sonic to stop him. That's the entire plot of this game. However... I do want to note one little thing that was featured on the Japanese box art and instruction manual. It goes as follows. <clears throat> Don't just sit there and waste your precious time. When you want to do something, do it right away. Do it when you can. It's the only way to live a life without regrets. What? Oh. <laughs> yeah, Some like... Don't give me life advice. <laughs> yeah, like, a bunch of classic Sonic... Like, two or three classic Sonic games have this weird inspirational quote on them. Uh, <laughs> the philosopher I, Sonic coming out of his cave. Sonic is a street philosopher who keeps it on the smooth tip. <laughs> also, he's anti-authoritarian, so... Maybe he's an anarchist philosopher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's wait a si Sonic. Does yeah. that mean Sonic is Diogenes? Is Sonic Diogenes? Hmm. hmm. I'm gonna say no. He's not like he's he's probably homeless, but I think he's too clean. I actually <laughs> <laughs> the only thing separating you from Sonic and Diogenes is a shower. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you could say that he's a Diogenes to Mario's Plato. Ooh. Uh, you know? Uh, he... He has always been very anti-authority, uh, fighting for freedom and what you believe in. Uh, live and learn, open your heart, that's what Sonic is all about. Uh, True. Oh, there's one other thing I want to note. Uh, Sonic has, like, uh, has it, Sonic 1 has, like, a very distinct soundtrack because it and the second game were composed by, I'm gonna cut this out as I look up the name, the artist's name, Masato Nakamura of the band Dreams Come True composed the... The uh, opening tune to, uh, or not the opening, he composed the soundtrack for Sonic 1 and 2. And it's it's a very distinct soundtrack because of that. Just, it feels very different from other stuff. Uh, they wanted to just do something unique. And, oh, he had to do the music on an Atari computer. Uh, Interesting. 
I guess yeah. so it, like, works in the game. Yeah. Also, it got... In the years since Sonic 1 and 2, Dreams Come True became really, really popular in Japan. And this has become a problem for Sega because they can't afford to have Sonic 1 and 2 music in the game anymore. So they have to do, like... They have to, like, create, like, copyright-safe versions of their own music. That's so weird. That's... Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. Did they, like... So they copyrighted, like, the the music? Uh... Yeah, like, they, they did the music, they got big. Uh, the most notable example is actually the... I think, like... I'm not sure the, the exact legal situation, but, like, the one that's, like, the huge problem is actually the ending of, uh, the Sonic 2, uh, er, sorry, the ending of Sonic 2, which is, uh, Sweet Dreams by Dreams Come True, or Sweet Sweet Sweet, or, no, wait, that's a different song, never mind, but the point is, that song, that is, later, was also an, like, proper produced dreams come true song that they that that like they licensed and copyrighted and all that so like sega has only ever been able to do it once because they have to pay copyright fees if they if they actually want to like put that song in a game damn so i guess does that mean all of the Sonic music if they do like remakes like I've never played Generations but I would assume they try to like do some remakes of the first couple games like music and some of it um I wonder if it's like slightly different so they don't have to deal with copyright yeah I think like if you put like some of them like side by side you can like tell the difference Mm. uh interesting yeah. It's mostly the ending though. That one they that one's untouchable. Uh I think like I think the other stuff is less of an issue. It's but like the ending thing's a big deal. Yeah. So why don't we get into the real star of this game, the zones. Uh so I'll just sort of describe each zone as it is, and then we can just, like, discuss what we think this zone is supposed to be, uh, what we think of the bosses, and so on and so forth. Aren't the bosses kind of, like, all Eggman? Yeah, they're all Eggman, and, like, I guess it's not as much of a thing to discuss the bosses, and, like, basically it's all Eggman in, like, his Egomatic, for lack of a better term, uh, which just, like gets various accessories depending on what he wants to do to fight Sonic. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so, the first stage is, of course, uh, Green Hill Zone. You know it, you love it. It's the it's the Green Hills of Green Hill Zone. It's, it's a bright, vibrant stage where where, uh, every level, where the game starts, you know? It's level one. The first level is always the most distinct and memorable part of many Sonic games. 
uh, this game is no exception. You are treated to the tunes of Green Hill Zone. This game really, this specific, like, set of zones is, like, the, epi the embodiment of trying to beat the game as fast as you can. Uh, the rest of the levels are much slower and not as, not quite as good, with some exceptions, but this is the one where you go fast. I feel like the person I watched do this game kept slowing down, and I don't know if it was just because of, like, their own ability, or if it was like, there's just, there are some slower parts in the game. Yeah, yeah it was Yeah, like, there's a lot of slower parts. Yeah, I was like, surprised by how many parts it was just like, you have to sit there and wait. Yeah, like, I, you think of Sonic, you think of going fast, but like, I feel like all the 3D games I know, there's a lot of slow parts, and now it seems like a lot of the original games, there's like, random slow parts, too. Yeah. I assume this is like Sonic's home turf, that's what they said in... That's what it always seems to be like. Like, Sonic's always familiar with the Green Hill Zone. It's showed up in various games over the years as a sort of throwback level. Yeah, I feel like it's the throwback level. Like, it's the game they use, it's the level they use for, you know, all the Smash stages. It's the level they use for, like, all the, like, Sonic references. It's Green Hill Zone. Yeah. Uh... Anything else to say on this? I feel like there's not a lot to say other than it's green and hilly and unless you wanted to like talk about like how the robots and stuff are, but I guess they're in like every level, so or every zone. Yeah. yeah. Um I, I would say that like most levels have like their own set of robots. Uh yeah. Like this like, Green Hill Zone's got, like, bug-themed ones, like the Motobug, the, uh, the, uh, Buzz Bomber. That's, that's essentially what's important about this enemy group. Uh, there's also the fish. I don't remember their names. I, I can just look these names up. Give me a second. Um, so, and then, and then, okay, so the... This is just like a little thing, but like the the, the you you get um, places to go when you uh, checkpoints. They're like lamps or something. Yeah, yeah. What are they? They're, they're ding dong things. I mean, I don't know what their really their specific thing is. They've always been called like star posts. I feel uh, like I read somewhere that they were calling them lamps, and they don't look like lamps at all to me. Yeah, I've never heard them called lamps. Huh? Maybe I'm just looking at somewhere weird. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, the you just they're they're checkpoints. You die, you uh, respawn at them. Right. I should also really quick note the special stages. So. If you finish a stage with 50 or more rings, uh, a big, like, glowy ring will, like, show up. You can jump inside it, and and it takes you to the special stage, which 
And this game is a sort of like rotating maze with weird trippy music and visuals. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it seems slightly hard on the eyes. <laughs> yeah, honest. I would say, in terms of difficulty, it's sort of the medium difficulty of special stages. Like, it's... Like, the thing about, like, all the special stages in every game is, like, you memorize them. You have to do them again and again to, like, memorize them and figure out how to beat them. Uh, the goal of every special stage in every Sonic game is to get whatever special, uh item you have to collect in this game is usually the chaos emeralds in this game there are six there's usually seven uh the general thing with like the chaos emeralds is if you get them all you get the good ending uh and if you're and in games after the first one if you get them all you get to play a supersonic wait you play a supersonic in this one or no no supersonic isn't in this one Interesting. Uh, so, oh, one other thing I want to note. Uh, this game, unlike all future Sonic games, has like three st three acts to every stage. Uh, later on, it's just two acts. And that does make this first game feel even slower because you're used to the two-act structure. So I think that covers Green Hill Zone. Let's move on to... Marble Zone. Okay, yeah, so, um, the Sonic fandom wiki is calling them lampposts for some reason, even though, like, huh. when I put, when I click on the link, it takes me and it calls them star posts. That is weird. I know. Huh. Anyway, continue. Sorry, I just was like, yeah, it's cool. I did read lampposts. I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, the, uh, Marble Zone, it's, it's when the game gets slow. It, it has a lot of, like, pushing block puzzles. It's got this sort of weird Roman theme, this sort of, like, Greek theme to it where it's like, there's, like, Greek ruins everywhere and there's lava and this much slower-tuned song. The enemies in this game include, in this one, include the Caterkiller, who you have to jump on, like, specifically the head, or, like, it'll just break apart and hurt you. And just bats that hang from ceilings. I should be looking up the enemy names, but I'm not going to. I mean, uh, and then when you, like, jump on the enemies, they turn into the aminals. Yeah. Little aminals. Yeah. Um, like, this is interesting, like, from... Uh, trying to figure out what the hell the, like, world is about. It's just, like, all the ruins left behind in the various zones are very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of ruins in this game. Um, I have, I have been thinking about that theory positioned in last week's episode of Stay Sonic, that this is, like, some past Mobian civilization that just, like, was present in this world and is now gone. Which does fit, because later on we're going to get a much more official and canonical lost ancient civilization. The Echidnas. Uh. Uh, then there's, like... I mean, yeah, like... 
what if I feel like I maybe it was in the OVA where it was like kind of implied to be Earth originally, or hmm. maybe it. I mean, maybe it wasn't, but the cities looked like Earth cities. That's all. Like yeah. the ruins they were in looked like an Earth city. Yeah, then they like literally go to New York. Yeah, it. Yeah, like the it was like, ruined city of New York. Yeah, it was like the ruins of New York in that one. I don't. I don't think we ever see anything like that. But post-apocalyptic Sonic is another idea that will come up one day in the future. I will not. I will not elaborate further. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. But yeah, it's... You really do wonder. Like, I think... I think some stuff established, like, the first game takes place on, like, this island called either South Island or Christmas Island. Well, South Island, yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, South Island. Yeah. I was like, Christmas Island's a real place. <laughs> yeah, I just realized what I had said there. And then but I'm yeah. like, hmm, that just contributes to my theory. Perhaps this is Christmas Island. Yeah, this level's got lava stuff. It does make me wonder, like, like maybe this civil this particular civilization was lost to, you know, the lavas. This maybe this is a Pompeii situation. Also, does this mean the Sonic World had like a Greco empire? Did it have a Roman kind of empire sort of? Th- Delio, or at least, like, even if it wasn't an empire, did it have, like, the architecture and art of, like, Greece? And, like, like did they have I mean, a renaissance? Did they have a Middle Ages? Especially... They, we yeah. do see in the cartoons they do have traditional marriages. They have traditional what? I'm sorry. They have traditional marriages. Oh, yeah, oh, they sure yeah. do. So... <laughs> There definitely was. I mean, a, like, that's a different universe. But no, you're right. That's interesting. <laughs> Let's consider it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I have much more to say on this level. So, no, maybe we'll. I move just want on. to say Sonic is Catholic. Sonic is Catholic. <laughs> oh no! Sonic has found has found love in Christ. Uh, so- I mean, there is a Sonic Bible. Makes you think. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I would love if someone took Sonic to like teach their kid about religion or something. <laughs> there's like, there's like this whole like thing about Christian kids getting into Sonic because like he's cool, but in the most like safe way possible. Radical uh, kids Bible. Uh, yeah, there is, there is a whole lot of that. There's a whole, I. Sonic says, fuck you. Youth pastors, youth pastors simply love Sonic. Yeah. Got your face. He's hip and relatable to the kids without saying, without making drugs or swears. Remember Uh, kids, obey thy parents. I was going to say Mario doesn't do drugs, and then I was like, I guess the mushrooms. I guess. Mar- I guess. Yeah, but Sonic's cooler than Mario. Yeah, Damn. Sonic is, doesn't <laughs> follow the rules, except for all the rules he follows. 
Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the rules. <laughs> I guess we can talk about the third stage, which is the spring yard zone. I like the music in this one. Yeah. Yeah, the, the music in this game is very good. It's... The second one I wasn't vibing as much with, but this one was good. Yeah, this one has got a very chill feel to it, music-wise. It features a lot of springs, as the name implies, a lot of block puzzles where you have to, like, go through, like, where blocks are moving up and down and you have to move through them in a way that, where you don't get crushed. Uh, one thing about the enemies in, in this one is there's this... There's this enemy that, like, looks kind of like Sonic, except he's an armadillo. Yeah! And, like, yeah. He, he gets you by, like... He gets you by, like, you you start rolling into a ball and going super fast, and he, like, runs into you. Yeah, I was like, why is there... At first when I saw it, I was like, is there, like, a phantom Sonic that, like, shows you where you gone when you died or something? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, um... In some games where they show you, like, where you died with, like, a phantom version of yourself. I can't think of, like, a specific game that does that, but they exist. I know Dark Souls does, like, Dark Souls. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Super Meat Boy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what I thought it was until it, like, ran into the Sonic. I was like, oh, this is an enemy. <laughs> yeah. This area is a bit mysterious, but... It seems to be some sort of, like, city or industrial area. Maybe it's just a factory that makes springs. Isn't there another industrial one? Yeah, the the Scrap Brain Zone later on. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, maybe it just produces springs. Uh, like, maybe springs were... Maybe springboards were, like, a thing. Before yeah. Sonic used them. Mm -hmm. Oh, and of course, before I before I go any further, I do need to mention Cope. <laughs> uh, there are signs in the Spring Yard Zone. Things like Sonic and Sega. But one of them just says Cope. <laughs> Some programmers make signs to cope. <laughs> yeah. They made the sign to cope. <laughs> yeah, it just says cope. I don't know why. Maybe one of the workers made it in their spare time. It was a cry for help. Was it an accident? Like, is there anything about it? That's just like some programmer came out and was like, whoops, I forgot to remove it. LOL. I, I don't think so. It's just there. It's Robotnik's propaganda. Robotnik is trying to cope. Robotnik is telling everyone just to cope. Robotnik is forcing forcing these spring workers to work overwork to exhaustion, and one rebels by writing a sign that says cope. <laughs> and another one does one that says do it for her. Yeah. <laughs> You don't see that one, but it's there. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Our, um, the spring... Uh, 
Were his workers, like, also robot? Like, robot Yeah, size, I think so. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I feel like Ro- Robotnik would, like, roboticize his workforce to make them, you know, more submissive. Also, in this game, it seems like they're not, like... Like, it seems like, quote-unquote, like, robotization is, like, it turns them into robots, where in this it seems like they just put the animals in the robots. Yeah, that's how it tends to be in, like, the classic stuff. A lot of, like, a lot of, like, adaptations choose to make it more of, like, a cybernetic, like, transformation. I guess it kind of makes sense, especially if they make more characters that are, like, Sonic-sized, because, like, the little... The little guy, the little, um... Yeah. Flickies, Flickies are, like, small, so they fit in the robots better. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense, I guess. Yeah. Uh... I don't think I have much else to say on this level. Uh, so... Oh, yeah, the boss is, like... He, like... He, like, like goes around with the spike at the bottom and, like, stabs at you and, like, picks up the... You like parts of the floor that that you're on, and just like to make it so that you eventually might fall down a pit. Uh, do, do we talk about the bosses in the other two levels? Uh oh, shit! Oh yeah, yeah I we should didn't. like real quick just describe them at least. Like the the Green Hail Zone one, he's got like a wrecking ball attached to his egomatic, and this is like one of the most memorable bosses in Classic Sonic because like. He just goes back and forth. It's very easy to beat. He goes down in eight hits. (laughs) Wait, that's not how it goes. I was trying to sing Wrecking Ball in my brain. Just forgot how that song goes. A notable thing about Robotnik boss fights is he always goes down in eight hits. Uh, It sort of helps build the strategy. And speaking of gameplay strategy, rings. So, when you when you, uh, throughout the level are rings that you collect. Now, collecting, like, things for points has always been a thing in video games up to this point, but in Sonic, if you collect rings and you get hit, you lose your rings, but are able to survive. However, when you get hit, the rings scatter around and you can pick some of them back up. In theory, you could beat the game without ever dying if, as long as you just picked up that one ring again. Of course, I'll get to it later. Um, so, you also talked about rings because you needed enough to go to the special zones. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made a brief mention of that. And then level two is just like Robotnik with like fire shooting out of the Egomatic. Yeah, he's shooting fire. There's like some lava pits. Uh, when. When the lot when like the fire lands on the ground, it like spreads, so you have to jump to the other side of the the sage. That's basically it for that one. Uh, so how about we get into the labyrinth zone? Uh, oh, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the labyrinth zone is more ancient ruins, but this time instead of being taken by lava. They've been taken by water. Uh, there's a bunch of weird owl and squid faces on everything. It it's like this stage is like full of water, and you la- like when you go into water, 
you still walk and jump, but you move much slower. And there is a time limit to how long you can stay underwater before you uh, drown. <laughs> uh, this is where the drowning theme comes in, because when you're about to drown, this little tune starts playing, and it gets faster and scarier. And a little... <laughs> yeah. It's very stressful. A note about the music, I kind of like the Labyrinth Zone theme, but it's also very draining. It's it's a very slow-paced song. Yeah. Uh, is, but, um... Well, maybe that makes up for the fact that the drowning music is so, like, frantic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sort of sharp contrast between the two. Also, it seems like this water he deals with water better in this game than like other games and other media yeah he doesn't immediately start drowning he just kind of like runs around casually he has time yeah uh and also like there are like bubbles throughout every water stage and if you if you jump on the bubble you get some air and it resets the timer but yeah generally with classic games that's how or 2D, 2D games in general, that's how the water works. Uh, in in 3D, it became harder to actually implement. So they generally just make water glorified pits. But of course it varies from game to game. You know how it is. Um, the Labyrinth Zone has this... The, I'd say... Aside from the drowning mechanic, the other distinct thing about the Labyrinth Zone is there's this section where you, like, slide down these, like, water slides, and they can just, like, there's, like, some of them where it'll just keep going forever and ever until you, like, jump out of it into a side passage. It just sort of repeats ad infinitum. Interesting. I was gonna ask if they, like, eventually end in, like, a pit or something. No, it just keeps going. Of course, this game, I... This, like most of the classic games, has a time limit. If you if you beat the stage in... You have ten minutes to beat the stage. And with the longer stages, that can be a hassle. Not as much in this game, but definitely in some of the late... In, like, three, I think, has that problem. That's why you gotta get your speedrunning tactics down. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this stage's boss is more of an obstacle course. You have to, like, jump on Eggman a bunch as he as he flies through, like, a bunch of, like, tricks and traps uh, that you have to avoid. Um, oh, one other fun little thing. There's, like, sections with rushing water and... You like grab onto these like bars and it'll and you can just like go up and down, I think. It's neat. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is like Um Yeah, I, I just think of like in yesterday in, in, or yesterday, last time in uh Stay Sonic when with like the underwater uh civilization that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. To contrast with the Marble Zone one. It's yeah. like Atlantis, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's an Atlantis deal. 
uh, let's, I guess we can move on to the next section. The Starlight Zone. Now, the Starlight Zone is a personal favorite stage to find. It's got a really fun, chill theme. Go, like, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll integrate it, I don't know. But it's a good scene. It's, it's very chill, but also the stage is the first time since Green Hill where you're really able to get fast again. Oh, hell uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of running stuff. There's, there's loops, there's these... Oh yeah, I should talk about the loops. A thing about classic Sonic, and honestly just Sonic in general, is there's all of these loop-de-loops, where if, where just to show how fast Sonic can run, if you go fast enough, you can just run straight through a loop-de-loop, -loop, just a perfect, a perfect like 360 spin. Loop-de-loop uh, and pull, and your shoes are looking cool. Yeah. Very singing this, today, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as like enemies go, there are... I'd say the most distinct enemy in this one is like... There are these bomb enemies that'll, that'll like count down and explode. So you've got to keep moving before they explode. Um, um, so this one's like at, at night. Like the whole thing is kind of like... Yeah. Just place at night yeah it's 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 a very pleasant level i, I like, like the it atmosphere. i wonder if it's like oops, always at night or you know like hmm. you just end up there like sonic just ends up being there at night huh i wonder it could be, i think maybe sonic is at night because like there seems to be like a progression of time throughout these stages like, the first two are in the day. Uh, the third, Spring Yard, is a more sunsetty look. S Labyrinth Zone is all indoors, so nothing on that. And then this stage, which is the next to last stage in the game, is all night. Yeah. It's yeah. been a long day for Sonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, th I think that's... It's a nice stage. There's also a bunch of fans that'll, like, get you blowing in one direction. The stage can be a bit, like, hard to get through. It's a bit labyrinthine. Even more than lab- almost as much as Labyrinth Zone. <clears throat> oh, there's also these enemies that'll- that are- I think they were in Labyrinth Zone, too, where they're, like, these balls with spikes floating around them, and they'll, like, send the sp spikes- spike balls going towards you. If oh, they lock onto you. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I, I thought I think of this whole game Another like stage thing is like, like there are these teeter classic covers. classic Kirby. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I like. Yeah, uh, it's a very, it's a nice game. Um, I Kirby is our friend. Kirby is our friend. Um, I played a lot more Kirby than I did Mario growing up, so that's kind of my comparison to a lot of the Sonic levels. Uh, the stage boss is kind of neat, because, like, it's Robotnik flying around with these teeter-totters uh, at the bottom, and, like, there are different ways you could attack him. Like, you could just 
do a regular jump, or you could, like, get some air with the teeter-totters, or send, like, the spike balls he's shooting uh, at him using the teeter-totters. It's a neat, it's a neat boss. Different oh, approaches. Cool. Yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. I like there's multiple things. Yeah, a lot going on. So, after the Starlight Zone, it's time to approach the last proper level of the game, the Scrap Brain Zone. It's this sort of high-tech industrial base of operations for Eggman. Also, the seam in it is legit my favorite in the entire game. It's this... It's like this sort of, like, creepy theme with, like, I don't know, sort of like this sort of distorted music going on. It's it's really nice. It's got... It's the place where you get scrap and brain. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> scrap brain zone. This is where he makes the robots. He scraps their brains. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And not the brain room or anything. The brain room. Uh. <laughs> oh my god. What if they were making bad mix in the brain room? Oh no! <laughs> Sounds bad. I don't want to think about Sonic and Harry Potter together. I'm sorry, that's just so cursed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this... It's a very cool stage, in my opinion. I, I love it. Uh, it's, as far as, like, hazards go, there's, like, these things where you climb in the middle. It's, like, spinny, this spinny centrifuge thing you can climb in a bunch. And it'll, like, take you down different paths. A big thing about Classic Sonic is, like, you get to go... There are, like, alternate paths through every level. And, like, certain certain paths that are harder to get to are faster and easier overall. As long as you don't, like, fall out of that optimal path. And, like, lower paths are more difficult, but... But, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Scrap Brain Zone. Um, I really love this music. I really love the stage. Uh, yeah, this is past what I was able to watch, but isn't there... I was, like, reading about it. Um, isn't there, like... I mean, scraps. Like, isn't there, like, half-built robots and stuff around? Like, do they attack uh, you? I'm Not really. The enemies mm -hmm. in this one are... Let's see, you've got the Caterkillers, and you've got this new, like, pig enemy that, like, sends explos explosives your way. They, they like, drop dancing explosives. Uh, okay. Sort of grenade thing. This uh, just seems like if you're going to make creepy Sonic zone yeah this would be a good time to do that yeah that would be cool um but yeah there's like all sorts of hazards there's buzz saws and conveyor belts and all sorts of industrial stuff going around mm -hmm. and then the third act is labyrinth zone but again boo yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's the the water's purple this time it's got that mega mac TM. Uh, oh, yeah. Then the final boss, which is this sort of, like, puzzle thing where Robotnik, like, will, like, go, will be in one of four crushers, 
and you have to be- you have to, like, guess and hit the right pressure each time until he goes down. Hmm. Yeah. 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 That's- and that's the end of the game. Oh. Chase after him one last time. Uh, he is able to outrun you on foot somehow. He gets into his badnik thing. He gets in his psychomatic. You jump on him. He goes down. And that's where the game, that's where the level ends. You, you, uh, run back to Green Hill Zone, and if you got all the emeralds, uh, there's flowers everywhere. Oh, it's it beautiful. Seem, it seems like this is, like, the end part. Um, the, the Sonic fandom wiki separates it and calls it the final zone. Yeah, the though, final boss is its own stage called the final zone. Even though it's, like, sort of also in Scrap Brain Zone. Because there isn't really a Scrap Brain boss. Yeah, there isn't. Uh, It's... It's essentially a fourth act. Um, There is... A thing about this boss is that there are no rings. So... Oh, shit. You can only take one hit before you die. Uh, it's, It's a tough fight. Well, it's not... The toughest will get tougher in the future, but it can be tricky. Before it's time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That, so, yeah, that's Sonic 1. It plays the credits. It's like a, the credits music is like this sort of pass, this sort of like common, it, it goes in like the sequence of every stage throughout, throughout the levels. Like, it starts in like the main, the main theme of the game, then it turns into each level theme, and it's over. Uh, if you didn't collect all the emeralds, you'll see Eggman at the end, like, with all the emeralds you didn't collect, just tossing them back and forth, and it says, try again. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. He's there to taunt you into replaying the game. And then if you do get them all... If you get them all, he's not there. Uh mm. Yeah. Uh, he's like jumping up and down on the end sign because he's mad you won. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah. So, yeah. That's Sonic 1. I. Oh, a thing about a. Uh... No, no. That's it. That's it. I don't think there's anything more to say. Uh. So, why don't we get into some asks? Uh, if you'd like your question read on the show, you can send it to a Twitter post on at ShuffleSonic, or you can join our Discord and ask at your leisure in the Mod Zone. Or, sorry. In the Ask Zone. In the Ask Zone. The Mod Zone doesn't exist. I I mixed up names. Uh... So yeah, the Ask Zone. Uh, so, we got exactly one Twitter question. Uh, it was in response to to uh, me quote retweeting the original post saying, Ask me about Sonic 1. Uh, Violet Maria, at Kitty Cat Herder, asks... Oh, uh, friend of the show, Violet. Uh, she's... One of the hosts of Stranger's Fiction. Nice. 
What what was your favorite stage and music in Sonic the First? Mm. Did y'all are y'all familiar with uh, the songs? I don't know their. <laughs> I names. only got. Yeah, and I only got through like half of it. Yeah. But I, like I said, um, of what I heard, I think what it played in the spring yard was my favorite. But I have a feeling that Scrap Brain would also be my favorite, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did really uh, like Scrap Brain. Scrap, bleh, bleh, Scrap Brain. Oh, you did yeah. like I, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Scrap Brain is my favorite, too. Uh, I, uh... I like spooky musics. Yeah. Um, I don't know the other I don't know the other ones though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shifting over to Discord, Drashura asks, How do you cope with effectively four acts of Labyrinth Zone? Begrudging acceptance. Um yeah. <laughs> I didn't play it, so <laughs> <laughs> running as fast as I can. Yeah. Just run as fast as you can. Even though it seems like a level that you can't go very fast in. What a misnomer. God. <laughs> Sidmon asks... Er, sorry, I should go in order. Keith the Mouse asks... Did we ever learn what Devin Sonic Sona is? No. The furries demand to know. So, oh. Devin. Oh. Uh, is this like a character or do I have to make a character? Um, I think they're asking kind of like, since like Dan, Dan's and mine would just be our fursonas probably. Whereas like you don't have a fursona. So I think they're just asking you like, hey, if you were a Sonic character, what would you be? Oh, now I have to think about like what the, animal? We will we will return this. Let me think about Sonic characters for a second. Okay. All I'm right. sorry. No, that's All right. fine. Yeah, feel free to answer when you've got an idea. Yeah, and even I if it's will... not this even if it's not uh this episode, we can always come back to it. Yeah. I will be pondering this deeply. Okay. Alright. Sidmon asks What's your favorite classic creepypasta? For me, it's got to be Ben Drowned. Uh, mm. It had the. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be my favorite if it wasn't for the music. If if it wasn't for the videos, it wouldn't be my favorite. But because of those videos, it's Ben Drowned. True. Ooh. The videos and the fact that there was an ARG. Oh, so much fucking effort put into that. Ben Drowned's definitely like at my top, even if it's not my favorite. Like. Um, I was reminded recently because I was listening to uh, I was listening to Zero to Zero earlier, and I think Giga mentioned um, the 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 caver story, like the one where I oh yeah, like John the caver. Like, I don't remember if that's considered a creepy pasta because it's more like a or I guess they didn't say uh, or I guess. Uh, I would Sidmon. say any sort of internet horror story would count. Yeah. Yeah, then probably, like, I remember that one, like, just, like, getting to me. And I'm not even, like, claustrophobic necessarily, but 
I just feel like those kind of things are like, oh. But uh, I feel like, yeah. There's a lot of good ones out there. Even if a lot of them have, like, bad reputations. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of weird, like, uh, fandom behind them. I don't know how to explain it other than there's, like, creepypasta fandoms. And people think Jeff the Killer is hot, which is... Weird. Icky. <laughs> mm -hmm. The Creepypasta Mansion. Uh... God! Yeah. Oh, and I mean, again, it's not really Creepypasta, but, like, I went through, like, a really, like... I went through, like... A big, big Slenderman face. I was, like, extremely into, like, uh, you know, the, the Marble Hornets, the, the Everyman hybrid stuff. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> so that, for sure, like, even if I'm not, like, as into it now, I, f I feel like it was, like, one of those, like, important parts of my youth kind of things. Yeah, I would say Slenderman was probably my favorite. Not because I didn't really ever get into creepypastas, but my brother did. And I just remember when he like found Slenderman, it was like a fun week because I would like wake up every morning and he would have had just like flipped on every single light in our house and would normally just <laughs> be like sitting in the living room. And I'm just like, what are you doing? And he's just like making sure he doesn't get me. I'm just like, oh. I'm just like bro. I just, oh, like that is my only experience with like creepy pastas because I just like remember waking up to like every single light in the house just being like on, and me being like, "What's going on?" I, I feel like even though you didn't have experience with creepy pastas, I feel like you get a lot of the vibes from the Magnus archives. Oh, most definitely. Which I know you fucking love. Oh, most definitely. When you were talking about uh the cave story, Asley, just like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, there's that cave story too, but like John the Caver is a different. Yeah, I was just totally like, different. I only know Magnus Archives. Oh, hang on a second. Oh. Are yeah. you still here? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I uh, yeah, my cat was fighting with my sister's cat. Sorry, <laughs> where were we? Uh, I think we were. Done with the creepy pasta question? You're talking about creepy pasta. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we have that question answered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, getting back into it. Uh. Let's see. Oh, Devin, have you decided on a Sony yet? I would say the closest, so I don't know if I have like a Sona, but I have a character that I would probably vibe the most with, and it would probably just be like Big the Cat, mostly because I just like like the idea of just being like a chill vibing cat who just like fishes and walks around in sandals and just kind of like vibes with everything. Fuck yeah. yeah. That's a good basis for an OC. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Flutterdark sends two questions. A. How the flip can Sonic not catch up to Eggman after the final boss? And mm. B. 
well, I think the answer to A, personally, is Eggman has cyber legs. <laughs> I mean, uh, why not? It's not like we see his... At least in this continuity. We've true. never seen his bare skin leg flesh. True. Uh. That's also a terrible phrase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, my answer was going to be really boring, so I like yours better. Mine was just going to be, like, Sonic It was very tired after spending the whole day going around all of everywhere. Yeah, that's, I like that one, too. Uh, <laughs> B. Given that Eggman can make much better death traps and Sonic could just egg e end Eggman whenever, what do you think of the theory that this is just a game to both of them? Kind of like how Mario and Bowser seem to have a similar relationship. Hmm. Hmm. I think it's a game to Eggman, but very real to Sonic. I feel like uh, maybe it's a game. If it is a game, it's like yeah, Eggman doesn't care, but he'd be okay with killing Sonic. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, like eh, I feel like fine. if it's a game. Sonic is aware and he like wants to keep playing because he always wants to do something. And Eggman it gets progressively angrier and angrier that he keeps losing. That's fun. There there are some bits in Ian Flynn's comics about how Eggman there's like a very distinct moment in the IDW comics where uh a new where one of the villains like very nearly kills Sonic, and Eggman pulls him out at the last minute because he was doing it in a way that Eggman considers cheating. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely something that comes up in these kind of things, where it's like, you can't kill my enemy, I have to kill my enemy. <laughs> or like, you know, like, very like, the whole, um, I mean, with Mario and Bowser, like, there's more times where they show them doing other things together, like, um, ta you know, like sports and Mario parties and, like, they have more of a strange... Rivalry? Rivalry. They have a workman's code. Yeah. <laughs> All negativity stays on the job. Yeah. Whereas I don't know if that's true of Eggman and Sonic. I mean, there have been like side games where they do other stuff. Oh, uh, okay. like Like Olympics and racing and stuff like that. I just feel like huh. Eggman is someone who knows it's a game, but always gets mad that he keeps losing. And so at this point, it's like <laughs> serious for him. He's... He's a sore yeah, loser. Yeah, he doesn't like the fact that Sonic continuously wins. <laughs> it's funny. And every every Eggman is different, too. Like, every yeah. continuity of him treats it differently. James the Cat Girl asks, Do you think Sonic will ever get into Smash? No. If... Yeah, it seems pretty unlikely. They used to be rivals in the 90s. Yeah, if it hasn't at this point. Uh, 
but, like, I was actually, like, even though I, I hadn't played a lot of the Sonic games, I was, like, very excited in Brawl when uh, he was in it. I was like, oh, cool. They're introducing third-party people. Yeah. That announcement on the Smash Brothers Dojo was a classic moment of the gaming community. I guess. Uh... Hello? 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 Oh, shit. I can't hear you guys. What is happening? What is going oh, on can... with my computer? Huh? Oh, my God. I muted oh. myself. Okay, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. New computer. Who's this? Yeah, um, okay. So, yeah, I, that's all of our questions for today. So, I'm gonna go ahead and grab a die and roll. I rolled a one again, but I made a rule against repeat, so we're not talking about Sonic 2 next week. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Uh we rolled a three. Uh so next week we are talking about the American comics. Which is to say next week we're talking about one issue of the main Archie series and then the Princess Sally miniseries. Of Archie Sonic. Huh. Uh, huh. Yeah, this is... It's gonna... Yeah, this is... We're starting to get into... This is, like, when... One of, like, Pender's favorites... Gets introduced. And... We're gonna get into some weird stuff. Oh, no. It, It's just the beginning, though, of the weird stuff. Uh, weird how... Or I guess... Ken Pender's trying to write, like, a spy drama starring Sally Acorn and his original character, uh, Joffrey St. Joffrey. Or... Okay. Joffrey St. John? I can't remember. His character that's basically James Bond, but a furry. Okay. <laughs> Let's go! Yeah. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Live your best life. Hmm. I would... Yeah, okay. So... Uh... That about... Wraps up this episode. So... I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places. And you can find all those places at linktr.ee slash Mike underscore Dawson with a zero. From there, you can find my Twitter... You can find my art blog and my co-fee where for as little as $3, you can order a commission from me. You can follow the other podcasts I'm on, which are Pot of Greed, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. We are, we are taking a one-week break, and then we will be covering the final, ep the final episodes of the original Duel Monsters series, and... From there, from there, it's Dark Side of Dimensions. A yes, I cannot wait. 
Oh, I forgot you were doing dark, dark side of dimensions before GX. Oh, that whips. Oh, oh my I god. I cannot wait for everything involved with that. I know, like, half of you have seen it already, but, like, it's so good. It'll be Dark Side of Dimensions, a post-mortem, and then, when we're post-mortem. ready. Post-mortem. Or, sorry, just like, you know what I mean. Um, a post- no, I was and- saying a post-mortem. I was making a bad joke. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then, eventually, when we're ready... We'll be starting Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Gamer, I will be a uh, guest gamer, in the future. Gamer, gamer. Uh, let's see. For you, there's uh, Stranger's Fiction, an actual play podcast focused on one-shots. A, an episode that recently went up was uh, me GMing a game of Costume Fairy Adventures. Uh, hmm. And there, and of course, there is Disney Minus, a Disney podcast. We go through Disney movies. Uh, our next movie, which we are recording in a few days from this recording, uh, is Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Oh, hell yeah. What a good movie. Uh, Morg, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Haunting the Morg on Twitter. Uh, Haunting the M-O-R-G. Um, my Twitter name's already Halloweeny, so yay! Um, and you can also find, I mean, you can find the pin stuff there. But, uh, you can find me on my other podcast, uh, Departure Lounge, a <laughs> plane-themed hunter-hunter podcast. A hunter, well, I call it Hunter x Hunter in the show, but I keep going back and forth outside of it. Uh, but yeah, uh, I do it with uh, two my pals as co-hosts who've seen it before, whereas I have never seen it. And we're going through and talking about it. And we're on, uh, we're doing four episodes, a four episodes an episode. So we're on like 16, 17 to 20, I think is next time. Oh, you're almost done with the no, first season. I still have to put out the 12 to 16. Sorry. <laughs> um, you can also <laughs> hear me on the first series of, wow, cool robot, uh, Gundam podcast. That's it. Uh, Devin, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on <coughs> ah, bleh, on Twitter at Grooving Gasly. Um, you can find me on also a Hunter Hunter podcast um, that I do with Keith. And now we got a new host, my roommate Sky. They just joined because they want to go through the series again with me. And that sounds fun. Um, we do two episodes of the 2011, and then we do the corresponding episodes of the 1999 and go through the chapters of the manga. And it's been pretty fun comparing the series, especially because sometimes the differences are wild and sometimes they're like not at all. Yeah. 
I love Bri- that. Brian, uh, one of my co-hosts, also is reading the manga and is like bringing that up in the show. Yeah, the manga has some. It just the manga has some very, very quality panels. I know you guys just did the one where uh, Killua. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers for anyone who hasn't <laughs> seen the show, but Killua is a very, very scary boy and kind of takes a man's heart. His Holy name shit. is Killua. So his name know. is his name is Kill. Although I do call him uh, Kalua, like the stuff you put in coffee all the time. The so does that's like I've been going through the 1999, and sometimes I watch the dub because it what pops up on first on YouTube, and they say yeah. Kurapika and Kilua all the time, and it's specifically. Well, I feel that. better about it. I think you can pronounce it any way you want. <laughs> I feel better about it. <laughs> All right. And you can find us at ShuffleSonic on Twitter. You can email us at ShuffleSonicCast at Gmail. And you can join our Discord, which is in the Twitter and the show notes. So, as always, Sonic is real, he is strong. And he is my friend. Sonic's the only blue live that matters. The only one. Good night, everyone. Good Good night. night.